Hello, I'm Brooke Johnson. Welcome to my father's podcast. For this week's message, or any of the messages in our archive, subscribe for free on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Bethel Christian Fellowship is a church that relies on the support of its community. We consider you a part of that community, and we would love for you to participate in our financial life. You can do that at our website at drcraigjohnson.org. Whether you're new to this space or a regular pod listener, we're glad you're here. We believe that this message will bring you hope, encouragement, and guidance. God bless you. Good morning, Bethel family. Can we greet our streaming family, the mob in here today? Jeff and Ari, welcome today. Warners, we love you wherever you are. Boy, you've arrived on a wonderful day today. I have a word that is fresh and precious. And, you know, I wanted to lead off with a scripture the Lord put on my heart this morning. I don't know who it's for. But uh, when I was uh, 17 years old, a man named Dick Mills spoke a word over my life. And it was 1 Samuel 10, 6, and 7. It said, the Spirit of the Lord is going to come upon you, and you're going to be turned into another man. And when these things happen, do whatever your hand finds to do, for I am with you. Beloved, isn't it, wouldn't it be a wonderful thought to know that God is with you to such a degree that just whatever it is that you do, you do it with calmness and you do it with confidence because you know his favor has crowned you with loving kindness. That's a word for someone today. I want you to be encouraged because, you know, things can get dry and it's usually in the middle of the work when we run out of gas. But, you know, God meets us in the middle and he refreshes us with fresh oil. And we are in a series. I'm telling you, I've been so excited. The Benjamin generation, the series is called uh, a season of your tingling because first Samuel three eleven says, I'm going to do a work in your day. That's going to make your ears tingle. You won't have to think about it. Just hearing what I'm going to do is going to make you go, it's going to make your hair stand on end. It's going to make your blood boil. That's ear tingling. Only God can do things that take your breath away. Do you remember the Queen of Sheba came and saw Solomon in the temple and it says her breath was not left in her. Boy, you got to have some, something for a queen's breath to be taken away. Because a queen has everything, owns everything, has experienced everything. And if you have something that can take her breath away, hats off. You can do a seminar here. You can learn us a thing or two. God is on the verge of taking our breath away. Just when you think you're stayed and settled and you know it all and you've heard it all, it says that Jesus is the one who can go to the pearl merchant who has been collecting pearls and is the world pearl expert, and he can show him a pearl of great price that will take his breath away and cause him to sell everything he has just to have that pearl. You know what? Life can bore you, but God can still make a pro blush. He can still surprise you. So, Our ear-tingling series, what are we talking about? Well, we're talking about the Benjamin generation, and this is week three. Who is the Benjamin generation? All of those, regardless of age, those of you that have been steeped in grace, truth, time, and power. Grace, you've accepted that you're accepted by God unconditionally. Truth, the structure of God's very character has set boundaries for you to safely walk in. Time, growth only occurs over time. But did you know the Lord's going to crown that whole mix with power? Just like the icing on the cake. The cake's not the icing. It's not an icing cake. But there's icing just about to be put on the cake, and that's the power of God. The Benjamin generation is flexible. The Benjamin generation represents meal, oil, word, spirit, head, heart. This next outpouring of God is the greatest we've ever seen, but it will be stewarded by and borne on the shoulders of God's Benjamins. Men, women, boys, and girls who are mature, They're comfortable in their own skin, and they've been spoiled to death by God the Father. Benjamin and Joseph were the two boys from the same mama, and they had been spoiled to death. And you say, yeah, it's a bad word. I don't believe it's a bad word. I believe they needed all the minerals and vitamins that their father had. Remember the Father's blessing, five points, meaningful touch, special words of acceptance, valuing the intrinsic worth of the child. 
picturing a special future for the child and making a commitment not to leave until the dream comes true. Beloved, we all crave the Father's blessing. Every one of us, in, under the sound of my voice, are desperate for the meaningful touch, the positive, special spoken words of acceptance, someone that sees our intrinsic value and can name our gift, someone that can picture a special future and say, and I'm going to stay here till your dream comes true. Some of us receive that. Some of us are being reparented in that. But the Benjamin generation is known by the Father's signature touch. They're comfortable in their own skin. They know that they're not what they have. Remember when we asked the question, who am I? The world has three answers. You are what you have. Well, that's nice. I had a lot of things when I was 18 that I don't have at 62. So if you are what you have, then when you no longer have what you had, then you're nothing. <clears throat> so the answer to who am I better not be you are what you have because someday you're not going to have it. Or the second answer of the world is you are what you can do. That's your value. Oops, same problem. When you can no longer do what you used to be able to do, you're worthless. Your functionality is over. Or third, the world says you are what other people say about you. Oh, that's a good stock market syndrome. When you're up, you're up. People speak well of you. Oh, we always love Pastor Greg. He's a wonderful man. He's a dog from hell, that Pastor Greg. Craig, if you're going to cuss me out, use my name. No one gets my name right is why I said. The latest I heard was Pastor Quinn. <laughs> Dr. Quinn John, that has a Greg I get, but Quinn? <sighs> Loved one, you're not what you have. You're not what you can do. You're not what other people say you are. You are the beloved of the Lord on whom his favor rests. Luke says as the waters as Jesus came out of the waters, the sky parted and the Holy Spirit came down. The Father said, this is my beloved in whom I'm well pleased. Did you know that you're not what you can do? You're not what you have. You're not what other people say about you. You are the beloved of the Lord on whom his favor rests. From eternity he rests his gaze upon you. He chose you. You can't choose you or unchoose you. He chose you. I told my son, Grant, I said, honey, can you name anything you could do to cease being my son after the flesh? Anything. Tattoos, body piercing. You moved to China. You never talked to me again. Yeah, whatever. You become a porn star. You know, I, I said, is there anything you could mention that would cause you to cease being my son? And he went, no. I said, is there anything you could think or believe that would cause you to quit being my son? No. I said, good. Then you're safe. Isn't that nice? Isn't it good to know that he chose you and you didn't choose you and you can't unchoose you and he focuses on you just like if you're laying getting a suntan and you, all you have to do is just lay there and just, just delicious to lay in the sun sometime. You just need to lay there and know that you are the beloved of the Lord in whom his favor rests, the focus of his love, the object of his love. My doves are back in my backyard. And you know, doves have single vision. They can only look at one thing at a time, and it's their mate, and they mate for life. And they have single vision. The Bible says, thou hast dove's eyes, my beloved. We only have a single focus for Jesus, our Lord. Can't see anything else. Can't see anyone else. He's going to reward that dove focus that you've had for him all these years. If I never get to the topic, I'll never be able to finish the topic. But Benjamin, Benjamin is a blessed balance of all these things. Meal and oil, word and spirit, not in either ditch, but middle of the road, walking right down the middle. Whenever you see a ditch, you know one thing. There's another ditch, and there's a road in between. Why don't we choose the road? No, we're spirit-filled Christians. We must be in a ditch, lobbing grenades at the other Christians in the other wrong ditch. Or we could be with Benjamin, the middle of the road. Balance, that's the word. Now, today I want to add to that 
a beautiful fact. Did you know three times in the Bible, left-handedness is mentioned? And in all three instances, the tribe of Benjamin is named. You know, we've been looking at little Benjamin. He's the 12th son of Jacob. He is the love of Jacob's life. He is the only thing left in his life that reminds him of his beloved Rachel. Every time he looks at his little boy, he sees his beloved Rachel, who is long gone. And it says that Jacob has been leaning on Benjamin. Did you know as an old man, you would lean on the right-handed child? You would lean on the, the child. When, you had, when Jacob had to go to the bathroom, he, Benjamin had to pick him up and help him. Had to help him. To, you don't get that now. You get a little bit older, you get up at night, and you go, thank you, Jesus. Brooke said, Dad, it's a praise session every time you get up to pee in the middle of the night. Jesus, thank you, God. Oh, my God. Shetanabaka. She's thinking there's a, you know, TBN is on. You need him just as much as I do. You just don't realize it yet. But you know Jacob is leaning on, on, on Benjamin. And this generation, this Benjamin generation, are those who ha God can lean on his full weight of glory, his full weight of power. And they're not going to be spoiled by glory. They're not going to be spoiled. Do you know the word chvod, glory, means weight, heavy. What God's about to do is so heavy that if you don't have shoulders squared for it, it would be fatal to try to put the yoke on. It usually takes a few decades of suffering and crushing and conditioning to be able to wear the yoke of the anointing. I'd like the anointing, please. <laughs> okay, get in line. It's a 45-year line. It's right over here. With that music. Just some elevator music playing for four decades. And then you keep coming up going, hi, I've been in that line a long time. You've been in the line for 45 minutes, Craig. It's 45 years. Stand there. Well, there's nobody else in line. Did you not ask to be a part of the greatest outpouring of God in human history, Craig? Yes. Did I not prophesy when you, when you were six years old that I would use you in your time in a titanic way? Yes. Shut up and stay in the 45-year line. We're just stand in the line. Loved one, everybody wants the oil. Nobody wants the crushing. But you can't get the oil without the crushing. So Benjamin can bear the weight of his father. Joseph could bear the weight of his father. And guess what? Last week, Benjamin and Joseph just met. They're reunited after 22 years. Did you know God's reuniting you with people that are significant to your life? So that just like organs unite in a body for the body to function, God is bringing a ruby from here and a pearl from there and an emerald from there. Keep your life open because people are coming back. He's just, he's been, he's been threading his jewels and he's going to start pulling the string and we're all going to start like coming back together in necklaces, bracelets. You know, you know, have you noticed that? Any people coming back in your life? They never really left your life. They were just a little bit over there. Growing, standing in the 45-year line. You know, I've been standing in this line. So have I. We have so much in common. Yes, but we're almost dead. Oh, yeah, I was thinking of that too. <sighs> Benjamin. I love meeting Benjamins because they're balanced. They're comfortable in their own skin. And it's not an age thing. Do you know there are young people that are old souls? I met one this week. Met a 17-year-old this week. 17, going on 40. You ever... Being old doesn't mean you're wise, and being young doesn't mean you're stupid. The Bible speaks of the old man's white hair and a young man's strength. But you know what? I've met a lot of wise young people. They're all Benjamins. But the important thing about Benjamins we're going to talk about today is they're left-handed. All left-handed references in the Bible, all three, are tied to the tribe of Benjamin. Isn't that weird? So when you find out what we mean about being left-handed in a right-handed world, you're going to see in ministry, 1% of the world population is ambidextrous. And, and the tribe of Benjamin is going to be ambidextrous. Like Princess Bride. Remember Wesley could fight with his right hand, then he goes, I got a secret too, I'm not right-handed, and then he switches the sword to his left. You, the Benjamin generation can fight with either hand equally well and win every time. Oh, God. 
All right, so we're going to talk about left-handedness. I'll get through this. But we're also going to talk about Benjamin knows how to hit the right target. Matt Emmons was a world champion shooter in the early 2000s. He won a few world championships in shooting. In the 2004 Olympics, something odd happened. He was competing in the rifle event. For the last round, he didn't even need a bullseye to win. His final shot merely needed to be on the target. Normally, the shot he made would have received an 8.1 score, more than enough for the gold medal. But in what was described as an extremely rare mistake in elite competitions, Emmons fired at the wrong target. He was on target, but the wrong target. Standing in lane two, he fired at the target in lane three. It was a good shot, but his score for that shot was zero. So instead of the gold medal, he ended up in eighth place. Beloved, this season is so important that we must hit the right target. Some of us in life at times have been successful, but we've been successful at hitting the wrong target. The tribe of Benjamin is unique in that they were a left-handed tribe, but it says they could throw a stone within a hair's breadth. That means they could, they, 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 they're, not, they're not slings like we grew up with, the magic bullet. And we're talking about a piece of leather about this, big, this long and a little pouch in the middle, and they could take one stone and they could wrap that around and they could let it go at just the right time to release the stone so that it hit a hair's breadth next to the stone they just threw. They hit the right target every time. And it's going to be a trait of this Benjamin generation in their ministering, in their preaching, in their outreach. They're not going to hit the wrong target. Beloved, this time is too critical to make a bullseye in lane three when you're in lane two. And this guy, Emmons, is a sweet guy. You can look him up on YouTube. He's a sweetheart. He laughed this off. He just said, that's the dumbest thing anyone ever did. <laughs> ever done that in your life? I have. I hit the bullseye dead on. Wrong lane, wrong target. A little courtesy applause. You know, remember in Laugh-In, that one hand claim? <laughs> so I'm still living just to hear the applause of Jesus. I mean, just one golf clap from him is what I want. But you know, in life, you sometimes people are frustrated and they don't know why because they've been successful but at the wrong target. They've made a lot of money, but that's not what God called them to do. I mean, they worked their whole life to become a doctor, and they became a doctor, and then someone says, you don't like being a doctor, do you? Guys, I hate being a doctor. My mom wanted me to be. So you were a success at hitting the wrong target for you. Well, God is realigning our sights, beloved, because in this season, we are with Benjamin. We're going to strike every time within a hair's breadth, and we're going to hit the right bullseye on the right target, in the right lane. Someone say amen right now. And there's a delicious feeling about that, just like that horrible crushing feeling of knowing that you shot the third target, and you're in the second lane. Matt Emmons went, Oh, you know that feeling. Some of you do, and everyone said, amen. Oh, 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 it's down here. But when you do hit the right target in the bullseye, it's like, I'm going to have to do a dance. I keep telling my kids, I'm going to break into something here no one's seen since the 70s. Amen. I told her when I said, honey, do you need, you want to learn some moves? I mean, she's 15, but I said I could, you know. Show you a few moves. Tom, shush up in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Gretchen, watch yourself. Oh, God, how am I going to do all this? All right. Judges 3.16, now Ehud had made a double-edged sword about a cubit long, which he strapped to his right thigh under his clothing. Benjamin had a lot of relatives. 
we've been looking at little Benjamin. By the way, remember, he's the only child named by the father. He's the only child born in Canaan. And the only thing we ever hear him say is nothing. We hear him cry. That's all we hear from him is tears. He and Joseph are weeping on one another's necks. This Benjamin generation is going to be real teary. And don't we need that? Don't we need a safe environment where people can cry their pain away? Five hours sobbing at the top of their lungs, and we will be able to sit there safely and facilitate them crying away a world of pain. Benjamin, that's your place is in the ER room because you'll allow them to cry their pain away. But you know, Benjamin, the Bible says, become the smallest tribe and a little drop on Benjamin's history, Ehud, the left-handed man, the, th- the second judge in the history of Israel is of the tribe of Benjamin. King Saul and his son Jonathan are of the tribe of Benjamin. Esther and Mordecai are of the tribe of Benjamin. The apostle Paul is of the tribe of Benjamin. So he's leaving a legacy behind that will transform the world. And those folk all have these characteristics. They're left-handed in a right-handed world. Did you know your whole world, if you're left-handed, the whole world is against you? Hmm? From forks to knives to power tools to everything, from the desk at school, the three-ring little notebook, the every, everything is for right-handed people. Did you know that? If you're left-handed, you live in a right-handed world. You have to, like, <laughs> overcompensate <coughs> to do common things. Now, you know me. I had 60 pages of, of statistics on the left-handed folk. Nothing wrong with you. You die nine years sooner than the righties, but (laughs) your IQs are higher. Oh, you wanted that one, didn't you? (laughs) But beloved, sometimes, even in your tribe of Benjamin, member Benjamin meant the son of my right hand, you can be left-handed in a right-handed tribe. God uses unconventional people to do his greatest bullseye shots. And there was no one more unconventional than Ehud of Benjamin. Boy, when your tribe is called the right-handers and you're left-handed, that could deflate your ego a little bit. The Hebrew, Ishater Yad Yimino, means not so much he's a left-hander as his right hand was shut up. Do you remember when Jesus saw a man in the synagogue who had a withered hand and he said, stand forth in the midst, stretch forth your hand. The religious spirit in the room said, it's the Sabbath. Don't heal him now. Heal him tomorrow on Monday. Pharisees always put principles over people, don't they? This man had a withered hand. We know that he was able to use it at one time in his life, but something happened to him in his life. We don't know what it was, but something maimed him. Did you know sometimes events can hit you that are so catastrophic as to wither your ability to use both hands? And when Jesus sees such wounds, he says, stretch forth your hand. Come, come, stand up, come here. Ehud, a direct relative of Benjamin, had his right hand shut up. We don't know if they purposely tied his right hand up so that he had to use his left hand, but the, the text mostly would, would, would just give sort of a cadence of that there's something wrong with his right hand. So he has to overcompensate in life by being a left-handed man in a right-handed world. Has anything ever happened to you, beloved, that shut you down, hurt you so bad that you had to overcompensate? Yeah, don't worry. I'll learn to write with my left hand. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. 
it's one thing being born that way. It's another thing when you've been so wounded that you have to overcompensate to function. The Benjamin generation involves men, women, boys, and girls that have been so profoundly wounded in life that they've had to reroute their strength. So they couldn't use a sword in the right hand, but they can. They can use a sling. It's like those womp rats back home. Remember, Luke? This is easy. You know, something is easy when you've rehearsed your whole life for it. I remember Sting saying that at the beginning at the age of 10, he stood in front of the mirror with his guitar and his sunglasses, and he rehearsed his entire life to be Sting. Someone said, what's it like to be Sting? He said, I've rehearsed my whole life to be me. And some of you have been like David, out in the backfield, and you've had your sheep, and you've had to use that sling, and you've been in life hurt to the degree that you've had to overcompensate and, and, and regain new gifts and strengths, and it's that very left-handed trait that God's going to use to hit the bullseye. He's going to destroy the enemy. And your slinging ability is also going to be able to identify the target of God's anointing. Did you know the Scripture says of the Benjaminites. Judges 20, verse 16. It says, among all these soldiers... There were 700 select troops who were left-handed, each of whom could sling a stone in a hair and not miss it. Listen to 1 Chronicles 12, 2. They were armed with bows. When David is at his lowest ebb, he's in Ziklag. He's in the enemy's kingdom for 16 months. Saul's just about to die. And David said, Oh, Saul's going to kill me. I have no hope. And he leaves the Holy Land, and he goes not only to the Philistine land, but he goes and submits himself to Achish, the Philistine king, and says, Hey, buddy, I'll be your bodyguard for life. For 16 months, he retreats, and he goes in the wrong direction. And all the people following David said, Amen. He's in Ziklag, beloved. Saul's just about to die, and David has a, a depression slump which is, Saul's going to get me, it's a matter of time. No, wait a minute. Samuel anointed you and said, you're going to be king. Abigail, Nabal's wife, said, you're going to be king. Jonathan, Saul's son, said, you're going to be king. And Saul himself said, yea, David, but thou shalt be king. But David said, no, nah, I'm not going to be king. Got depressed, went to Ziklag. In the middle of his Ziklag sojourn, And the, and the Philistines are always shocked. What are you doing here? <laughs> this is Philistine land. You remember you cut Goliath's head off? Goliath's of Goth. Now you're living there? It, anyway, if you've never done anything stupid, just, just tune out right now for a minute. Because we don't want to hurt you non-stupid folk. David is in Ziklag at the lowest ebb of his life, and guess who comes in? Benjamin. Benjamin comes in. says, David, we're from Saul's tribe, buddy, but we always hit the target in our choices, and you are the Lord's anointed, and you got our full support. You got our right hand. You got our left hand. You got our swords. You got our arrows and bows, and you have the sling. We're here for you. Did you know Benjamin shows up in the nick of time? Because they not only see the enemy, we're going to find out God makes the enemy Eglong so big you can't miss him. Eglong is a morbidly obese guy, probably about 700 pounds. And Ehud, the left-handed handicapped guy, what a, what a combination. Hefty and lefty. God will make your target so big you can't possibly miss it.
You can't possibly miss it. <sighs> Left-handed warriors. They can shoot bow and arrow from horseback, left-handed, and hit within a hair's breadth. See, what you've been rehearsing for your whole life, it's now. It's for this season. And God's going to make you look so good. Well, I thought he was going to do it in my 20s. Oh, bless you. No one paid you to think. Thank God. Yeah, but I thought by my 30s, oh, please stop thinking for a little while because it's really bothering me. You're ready when you're ready. You're ripe when you're ripe. But all your previous life experience has led you to now. So whatever your gift is, whatever you have in that sling, whatever arrow you have in that bow, honey, is going to come out of the quiver at just the right moment, and it's going to be just the right time, and it's going to be just the right recipe. Mm, mm, mm. You know when the recipe is perfect. My daughter makes a stew that all of heaven stops for the space of a half an hour just to watch us eat. It's so delicious. We're having it tonight. It's succulent. It's perfect. It's per and, and, and she always says something like, well, you know, there was a little too much salt. Like, oh, honey, honey, honey. Shh, shh. Heaven itself just felt <laughs> rudely interrupted by your, f don't make any comments about it because it's sucky. It's delicious. It's perfect, right? There's something about what God has put you on earth to do that it's, it's just ripe. Everything's beautiful in its season. Not what the Bible says. That means out of its season, everything's ugly. Well, this stew is sort of like my daughter's stew. And where's that gunpowder? Did I put gunpowder in that again? Oh, my God. Beloved, you are here for just the right time. Your seasoning is perfect. Your, 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 your ammo is perfect. And the target wasn't even available 20 years ago. Did you, you know, Pastor Rick used to tell me this thing. He used to say, Craig, good news. Your wife is on the way. Bad news. She's 12. Shout out to Pastor Rick. <laughs> but you know, that's true. Sometimes in your life, you know what? Remember Joseph had the dream. Remember? Remember he saw the 11 stars that were going to bow down to him, and they represented his 11 brothers? We don't know that Benjamin was even around then. You know, God will prophesy stuff to you that someone isn't even born yet, that has to be born and has to grow up in order for that promise to be performed. <laughs> Only he has the vantage point to make those words possible. You know, last night I was reading about Samuel with Saul. Saul says, you know, when you leave me, you're going to leave me, and there's two guys who are going to meet you near Bethlehem, and they're going to have three goats, and they're going to this and that, and then they're going to give you two loaves of bread, and then you're going to go further, and you're going to meet four more guys, and then, and when all these things happen, Samuel said. Now, you know, God knows everything. Some people say, no, no, the future's open, and God is limited. He's guesstimating. He ain't guesstimating nothing. Read what Samuel said. He gave a list of everything that was going to happen in a day, and absolutely everything Samuel said happened to Saul as proof that he was anointed. And then it says, when all these things came to pass, the Spirit of the Lord came on and became another man. God has set you up for this season and set the season up for you. God prepares the world for the gospel and the gospel for the world. Don Richardson wrote a book years ago called Eternity in Their Hearts where he chronicles 27 nations. And contrary to the evolutionary view we are taught about the history of religious thought, that everything sort of started out, you know, animistically, and then it goes up to polytheism. And eventually at the pinnacle of the pyramid we have monotheism. Nonsense. The opposite is the truth. That's a hundred, that was refuted a hundred years ago, by the way, that thesis. But um, it's good to keep reading because, yeah. The fact of the matter is, Richardson gives 27 nations that not only believed in the one true God, but believed that the one true God was going to send his Savior. And so they were all ready. It's called the Melchizedek factor. They were all ready for the gospel. 
they had different names for God. But then when the gospel came and said, the one true God who sent his son, they go, mm -mm. God prepared the world for the gospel and the gospel for the world. And Benjamin, he's prepared this season for you and you for this season. He's going to match a man with his moment. He's really good at that. And the whole time you're learning to use your sling, the devil's been telling you, you worthless, nobody, left-handed, ugly, and your mama dresses you funny, and you fell down the ugly tree and hit every branch on the way down. And what are you going to try to hit that beer can with a stone? The devil all your life has been cursing you and trying to interrupt you doing the very thing you need to rehearse your whole life to do for now, Benjamin. And it's like, oh, I'm born for this season. Yes, you are. Put on a snappy jacket and just sort of the time is made for you and you are made for this time. You're not too old. You're right on time, beloved. You know the most important person in your life is the person that has the word from the Lord that you need to hear right now. Here it is, 1 Samuel 10, 6, and 7. And the spirit of the Lord is going to come upon you and you're going to become another person. And when this happens, do whatever your heart sets to do, for the Lord is with you. All we need is a fresh touch of oil. Hmm? Oil has viscosity. Uh, how do you pack so many sardines together? Oil. We're leaky vessels. We, we drip it out. But thou hast anointed my horn with fresh oil, David said. We just need a little oil. You don't need a new marriage. You don't need a new church. You don't need a new nation. You just need a little oil. You've misread your condition. I still know guys that at my age are going, yeah, I'm leaving my wife. Why? Well, there's something better for me out there. Honey, you're a cadaver. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm feeling pretty. You need fresh oil. You don't need another woman. Fresh oil. Benjamin has a head drowning in the oil. This generation is all about oil. Someone say amen. The right hand was closed. Therefore, he used his left hand. Whatever it is you've been overcompensating for all of your life with your personality, with your gifts and your talents and your abilities, and you say, well, Craig, well, that's a false self. I, no, it isn't. It's, it's who God wanted you to be for now because only left-handed people get invited in. Let me give you the helicopter story here. The second judge of Israel is a man named Ehud. Ehud is a left-handed man. In his world, that means that he is a left-handed man from a right-handed tribe. Sometimes <laughs> your life defies your family title. Hmm? Right-handers, right-handers, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're born left-handed. In his culture, he was viewed as handicapped. He was viewed as there's something wrong with you. He was viewed in a way that no one would ever pick him to be a judge in Israel to deliver them from the enemy. Eglon, the morbidly obese, hefty, and lefty through Moabite power, has been reigning in Jericho, which is a B Benjamite city. Rub it in. For 18 years, by the way, if you read the third chapter, you find out it was because of the sin of the people of God that God strengthened Moab and brought Eglon to power. So don't you think for one minute that whoever's in power isn't because God put him there. Oops, something got by him. Oh, oh no. Mm -mm. He put Eglon. For 18 years, over the people because of their sins, but there's a cycle in the book of Judges that says everyone did right in their own eyes, then they repent, and then they ask God for help, and then God sends a deliverer. So here comes God's deliverer. Lord, who is it? Steve Stunning? Rufus Glitterteeth? Donny Osmond? No, Ehud, the left-handed special needs guy. <laughs> his right hand is shut up something's wrong with what's normal to other people he's had to overcompensate but listen to me the bible says ehud is sent with a gift boy does he have a gift the bible says he makes himself an 18 inch dagger and he puts it in its sheath on his what leg his right leg 
Where's everybody else got the sheath for their weapon? Left leg. <laughs> so here comes Ehud in his shriveled right hand. He has a gift of taxation to give to Taglon. And the guards see that he's gimpy, who wants a, an audience with Blimpy. And so they don't even pat him down properly because he's so special needs. He's no threat to anyone. Come on in. Did you know that what you've had to overcompensate for is going to open doors for you? You're going to be allowed into people and you're going to be given divine appointments, Benjamin. Nobody else has because they're going to let you in. Why? Don't ask too many questions. It was my, my chin line. No, Greg, it wasn't that. I still got it. I still got it. <laughs> Rebecca goes, no, you don't. I got a lot of help at home. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about you. <laughs> what are you going to do, big shot? She's the love of Michael's life, and she always says, you have to go to sleep sometime. <laughs> I'm going on my trip coming up. I've got a cruise coming up. been waiting for three years for that. And Rebecca said, don't worry. Where you're going, Vicki and I are going to take care of your room. I've got all my collectibles in my room. They said, we're going to throw all that out while you're going. So don't you worry. You're going to come home to a clean house without all Napoleon's collectibles. <laughs> Can't offend my own. Here comes Gimpy, and they frisk him. Now, these are not stupid bodyguards. The Bible says they were strong, invincible, lusty men. So Eglon has a huge bodyguard system, and these guys are not just idiots. But they, they frisk him, but they frisk him on the wrong leg. See, you got let in because the favor of the Lord said to let you in, because you, there's just something about it. They frisked the leg. You normally frisk for normal people. But God doesn't use normal people. He uses extraordinary of the tribe of Benjamin. So your left-handedness is going to let you in. And then you know what he does? He pulls a dick mills. He goes, I've got a beautiful word for you from the Lord. And Eglon goes, really? He doesn't use Yahweh. He uses Elohim. Because I've got a beautiful secret for you from the Lord. And Eglon says, really? He sends all his men out. And he goes, come, come closer. And says, Eglon was so huge that he, that he came up and said, what's the word? And, 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 and our hero reaches to his left leg. And he pulls out his man-made weapon. And it plunges it into the belly of Eglon. And it says his fat pulled the weapon right out of his hand. And he couldn't retrieve it. And the dirt came out, the King James said. Ew! All the middle schoolers love this word. Ehud. Is he teaching on Ehud? Well, that's, we should have been there. The dirt came out. So all of his poop comes out, and it stinks so bad that it's... They, that. Our hero Ehud locks the door to the second floor bathroom and all the bodyguards come running in and they go, oh, 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 the king's on the throne. Leave him alone. So they're waiting and waiting and waiting, it says, until they became embarrassed. And then they took a key and they opened up and they find that the dagger of the left-handed Benjamite has found its target exactly. And the fact that they're waiting respectfully outside the restroom gives Ehud the time to get away. So victory accomplished, and it says there was peace for 80 years. 80 years because of a left-handed Benjamite. Could it be God loves to use unconventional people like you? Could you be left-handed in a lot of areas of life that you've been feeling really bad about and guilty about and shamed about, but the Lord says, please don't. I'm the one that wrapped up your right arm so that you would be forced to overcompensate. And now who you are and what you've attained, Benjamin, is going to hit the target every time. So notice a Benjamite hit the target, and he took Eglon out.
Did you know we serve a left-handed God? Did you know Job 23, 8 and 10 says, Behold, I go forward, but he is not there, and backward, but I cannot perceive him. When he acts on the left, I cannot behold him. He turns on the right, I cannot see him. But he knows the way I take, and when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Beloved, Job said, I move forward and I look into my future and I don't see God at all in it. And I move back to my past and survey my past and I don't see how it works at all in the grand tapestry. And I look to the right in the conventional area where God usually moves and I don't see anything. But in the left side, oh, he's a left-handed God. He does left-handed things in left-handed ways. You know what that means. I, you know, I didn't see that coming. That's what a left-handed move means. Has God been doing anything remotely left-handed in your life the last little while? Where'd that come from? I didn't think of them for ages. I just picked up the phone and called them. Gee, I haven't seen that guy in 25 years, and he comes walking into church this morning. Have any left-handed things been going on? We serve a left-handed God. So, of course, he loves to use unconventional left-handed Benjamites. So Benjamin, you're going to hit your target every time, whether it's the destruction of the enemy through your intercession and your spiritual warfare, whether it's showing up at the right time in Ziklag, 1 Chronicles chapter 12, and King David is put himself in a manure pile, and it's his own stupid decision-making, but he's still the Lord's anointed in a manure pile. And Benjamin showed up and said, we're here. All, all us lefties are here, David. They caught the right target when it came to choosing the right man. Did you know God is not on the same time schedule that you're on? Do you remember the verse in Genesis that said that, remember the twins were, were fighting in the womb of Mama? Remember Mama? Rebecca? And she had Joseph and who, not Joseph, Jacob and Esau, right? Two nations fighting in your womb and the elder shall serve the younger. Do you remember that prophecy? She pops them out. Do you know how long it took for that to come to pass? 800 years. During the time of King David is the first time that the elder served the younger historically. God is not on the same time frame. I've got a beautiful word over these two babies. Elder's going to serve the younger. Hallelujah. And the mother's waiting. When's that going to happen? 90 days. In 90 days. No. In 800 years. God's got the long game in view when he prophesies over you, oh, little link in the chain of destiny. You're one link in God's multi-generational chain. And all those words were true. I got a prophetic word, clear as a bell. It's right here. It was written in crayon. Pastor Rick has a whole file of Dick Mills' words. He opens the file, and he opens a file, and there's like 45 prophetic words from Dick Mills. Well, sometimes the prophetic word you're given in the moment is going to be 800 years away in its fulfillment because God's thinking multi-generationally. Are you all right with that, that you're just a link in the chain and this is it? Remember Isaac, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Remember Isaac? All he had to do was live. This is not a spiritual genius. He has to eat, sleep, and procreate and move his tent wherever he wants to go in order to eat, sleep, and procreate. Now, is that a hard leadership John Maxwell book for you to understand? That's all Isaac had to do. You say, I've been doing that for a long time. Yes, good, you, good for you. That's all Isaac had to do. He, he didn't hear visions from heaven every 20 minutes. He's not on spiritual missions. He's not going to Mexico and building houses. He's just eating, sleeping, drinking, and procreating and going to the bathroom. I should have thrown that in. But that's all he had to do. And God just said, that's all I want you to do. It's like, well, but couldn't I do more for you, Jesus? You know, no, please don't try. 
It's easier than you think, is my point, beloved. He hasn't been wanting you to go through spiritual gymnastics your whole life and be George Mueller. Remember George Mueller's, the guy that had the orphanage and he had to feed a thousand kids a day and never prayed and told anyone about his needs? And every day the truck would come up and bring milk. And they, Well, I'm not George Mueller. Okay? That's descriptive of him, not prescriptive about you and me, right? Because no milk has ever been brought to my door. <laughs> you see what I mean? God descriptively uses other people a certain way. Prescriptively doesn't mean he's going to use you the same way. Relax is my point. Be you. Do you, Benjamin. Do you? Because your season is right, is linking up to who you are, and it's going to be so easy. You know, I had a little, it wasn't so much a vision as a dream, as Rick would say. Not so much as a dream as an impression. Whatever it was, I saw this bullseye. You know, when you're shooting your uh, arrows, you know, like Legolas at a distance, and you're hitting the, well, the Lord brought the target right up to me, like right up to me, like a floral design. And he said, now, Craig, I want you just to put your arrows in any way you want. I'm thinking, well, it's like a floral design. This is not morally right. It's just, just, just do. So I, was, I like took a little hammer and I was putting my, all of my arrows into the bullseye. Then I had this one split that one and this one split. And then he took it and he put it way out. And he goes, now other people are going to think that you shot all these arrows from a distance. And I'm going to make you look really good. But really, all that's happening is I'm making it real easy for you now, Craig, because I have to, you know, my special needs. I love you, Quinn. I'm thinking this is immoral. This is immorally right. He goes, just shut up. Okay. It's going to get so easy for you now, and I'm going to make you look so good, they're going to think you're legless on the horse. Just, you know what I mean? Going, oh, my God, he split an arrow and an arrow and an arrow. Yes, Quinn did. Thank you. God bless. Do you know it's going to be so easy, Benjamin, in this season of your life? You just have to do you. You just have to fall out of bed and be yourself, and there's going to be an anointing on that. You know, John Dawson once told me that the, the apostle is a person who walks in, trips on himself, and begins to fall down a flight of steps, and all the other giftings have to come and rescue him from absolute destruction. That's what an apostle is. So, <laughs> so you may only have to fall down 16 flights of stairs, and God will cause everyone to appear that's going to be called to your side to help you. It's going to be easy this time. Isn't that good news for some folk that have been trying? You still are human doings, not human beings. You still mentally are a works-oriented creature. You know, if I only prayed more, if I only knew more, if I only was more holy, if I if only, if only. You live your whole life with if only, and Jesus is standing there going, hi, can we talk? Oh, no, if only, what it could have, should have. You're going to go into that now. What it could have, should have, if only. If, uh, He's standing right next to you. He's in love with you. He doesn't love you. He's in love with you. You are his beloved upon whom his favor rests. He stares at you and he never blinks because he's so desperately in love with you. He can't take his eyes off you. And we still think somewhere in there we got to do a work. Pull something off. Look right in the mirror. Hold your breath. Okay, I have to tell one thing out loud. Because I believe transparency draws the crowd in. All right. I got this new pair of underwear, which is sort of like shorts. It's, it's like shorts, like mini shorts, but they're shorts. I mean, you, they're shorts. So I went shopping at Target wearing my Wittgenstein T-shirt and my Spanx my spank shorts. So I come home and Rebecca's there and Vicky's there and Brooke is there and they all look and they go, <gasps> did you go out of the house wearing those? <laughs> I went, I did. It's a long shirt like this one, you know, very flattering. But I can never, <laughs> now I've told the world. <laughs> he went out in his spanks. That's right. God's left-handed servant. 
and I won 30 people to Christ that day. How many of you won in your lifetime? Okay, I'm sorry. I'm rolling. We're winding this all up so brilliantly that you won't notice at all. <laughs> Do you know what Eglon means? Well, it's been, his, his name has been translated fat cow man, but, but it actually is the, the fatted calf. What does that remind you of? When you kill the fatted calf, there would be a party. And in him dying, because Benjamin never misses his mark against an enemy or in support of the proper anointed ministry, there's a release. There's 80 years of joy and relief and release, and that's what Benjamin is going to bring in this last outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We're going to have fun. We're not going to have church. We're going to have fun. Jesus died and rose again for you just so we could play with you. He just wants you to play, and you're always doing, you're genuflecting, and you're doing all kinds of, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, Jesus. And he goes, you know, can we, I, thank you, can we play? Because I just want to go down to the park and play. No, 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 we can't. Because play? You remember that great line Mark Twain said he ran into the Puritan minister who looked like he was waiting for a vacancy in the Trinity. Please don't have that look. He wants to play with you. That's it. Last time I looked when I took the babies down to the park, they don't have to be taught to play. They defy logic in their play. That's what heaven is. Well, they did mention ground. Yeah, they're throwing their crowns all over the place because it's a magnificent party and everybody's just going, ah! God has one word. There's one word in heaven. Oh, because everything's going to make sense down here. Benjamin, what a way to send the world a message of love is for you to play and be yourself, left-handed little one that you are. You can hit your target this time. And I've got good news for you. All the targets you were successful hitting that were the wrong target, God's even going to forgive that. And that's going to be a part of his plan that he works in, because you needed to have that money so that you could live now. He'll even bless the mess. He'll bring the message out of the mess. And you just go, God, how are you so wonderful? Well, I know. I know. Last night, Rebecca's uh, friend Charity brought her little baby Paisley over. Four-month-old angel. I haven't held a, a newborn. She's four months. I haven't held a newborn since Arwen was a newborn 15 years ago. Oh, boy, but did that fit come back. It just reminded me of Brooke, my daughter. I remember that little hair, the baby smell. David, I'm calling a man out who has a granddaughter. He's a left-handed drummer, but he's got a grandbaby. He does not have to be given the law of Moses to spoil. I have never had to have been given a law to spoil my children. And I got to hold that little baby. And I remembered Arwen when she was in my arms. I remembered Brooke when she was in my arms, just so precious and so sweet. And then the Lord always tells me, and, and honey, that's how I feel about you, Quinn. <laughs> just kidding. It's your time, Benjamin. It's our time. It's going to be fun. It's going to be easy. You've rehearsed your whole life for this moment. You're this age, this month, this weight, this hairline, right now. I think I covered everything. <laughs> mm. The Spirit of the Lord's going to come upon you and you're going to be turned into another person. And when these things happen, do whatever your hand sets for you to do, for the Lord is with you. Father, thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you that we are your babies, that we are the object of your adoration, Lord, and that we are the focus, Lord Jesus. All of your left-handed boys and girls, Lord, that the world has an opinion of, but we thank you so much for, for the, the giving us the privilege, Lord. For, I pray for your precious daughters, Lord, 
that you would that you would anoint them with your your joy of gladness that you would refresh them and encourage them and heal them and let them be so buoyant and overflowing with the holy spirit that they're just going to be bubbling little girls dancing and playing and dancing again in the mirror i thank you for your boys lord your precious sons lord Benjamite girls and Benjamite boys, Lord, you bless your sons, these, these sons of Adam, these daughters of Eve. Refresh his life, Lord, your son. Give him a double dose of the Holy Ghost from coast to coast right now, Lord. Give him a reigniting of the passion, Lord. Bring fresh oil, Lord, to loosen him up and oil his shield and, and bring viscosity back and lucidity back and, and easy motion back, Lord, because we're going to play. We're going to win this world by playing with you and dancing with you and singing with you and showing just what a little window to heaven looks like. I pray for each of your sons, Lord. They're windows to eternity. Clear the window so we don't see the window. We just see through it. Lord, your daughters are windows to eternity. Clean the window, Lord, so we don't see the window. We just see through it. And let them behold your beauty and your glory and your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. May the Lord bless you. In fact, uh, Gretchen, would you just go and I, I'm just going to, that you go touch everybody on the shoulder. Uh, Dennis, would you go and, Father, I pray one more time that, you, that as Gretchen touches each of these lambs in the corral here, that from the top of the head to the soles of the feet would come your holy oil, bringing relief, release, refreshment, and a new anointing, Lord. Reignite the old words that have been spoken over the lives of these lambs. Reignite the word you spoke 20 years ago. Reignite the word you spoke 45 years ago. Reignite with fresh oil, Lord, with a flame, all of the, the you've invested in your precious lamb right here, Lord. From the top of the head to the soles of the feet in Jesus' name. And everyone watching, Lord, that the beauty of the flow of this oil would go into their place and that you would refresh them, Lord. Get your Benjamins ready. Bless your Benjamite daughters and Benjamite sons. Lord God, this is the time. This is the season. And you don't make mistakes, Lord. Thank you for your calling upon the life of everyone watching and listening. Bring relief and release in the name of Jesus. Someone say amen. amen. Give the Lord a praise, would you, right now where you are? Benjamites, yeah. Left-handed, absolutely. Hmm. David, come on, bring the table of the Lord. David, David is a gift to this body, and he always brings us to the table of the Lord, and it's such a beautiful touchstone today. You can say, Craig, I receive my left-handedness. I receive the anointing God has for me. I receive the access I'm going to get no one else can have. I'm going to hit every target you called me to shoot at or aim at and let this be the point of contact, the blood and the broken body of Jesus. That he's just going to reconfigure your life and he's going to do a spiritual chiropractic adjustment from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. God's peace be on you today in Jesus' name. I was just struck by something right before I came up. All the elders of Bethel are physically here. Isn't that wild? And it just reminded me of the timing of Pastor Craig's message, of God's timing. And you want me to use the mic? Mike wants me to use the mic. God's timing, God's power. God's sovereignty, that's what it represents to me, having, having us all here, and just the timing of Pastor Craig's message. Um, while you're gathering your elements at home, I just want to read this promise because it's amazing, and it has a direct correlation to the table of the Lord. It's from Hebrews 10, verse 19 and 20. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest of holies, by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated and opened for us through the veil, that is, his flesh. Isn't that incredible? 
That boldness is proclaiming that we are who God says we are through his word. That's the boldness he wants us to have. So Jesus' body was broken to be that opening through the veil so we can enter into the very presence of God. So today, let's take the bread, let's break it, and let's enter into God's presence. That's where his healing is. That's where the wholeness is. Let's partake. And just as you remember through the Gospels when Jesus died and shed his blood, sacrificed himself for us, the veil in the temple was torn from top to bottom. So his broken body, his shed blood, so that we can enter into the presence of God. You don't have to be afraid to go in there. All your sins are forgiven. All your sins are forgiven through his blood. Let's enter into God's presence by drinking. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your holy plan of salvation. Thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice that now we have free entrance into the presence of our Father who loves us, who forgives us, who wants to play with us eternally. Thank you for making it so in Jesus' name. Be blessed at home in Jesus' name. We hope today's message has been a blessing to you. And if it has, please visit our website at drcraigjohnson.org. There you can find additional messages of encouragement. And if our ministry has been a blessing to you, please consider us in your ministry giving, as we depend solely on the financial assistance of our listeners like yourself. Also, please feel free to send any personal prayer requests. You can find us online at drcraigjohnson.org. God bless you.